Welcome to the Shutdown Fullcast. You know, we're, we're fairly close to each other this week. Usually we're spread out all over the place. Jason and I in, in the same state, right? Jason Kirk, you're calling from, uh, from where? Where are we talking to you, buddy? Oh, man, I thought about attempting like a super German accent, but I decided not to at the last second. Um, I'm calling from Helen, Georgia, which is kind of the Epcot of Georgia. Like, it's this fake German town plopped in the middle of the mountains. There's everything is Alpine and Bavarian while like 80 degrees and humid. Um, and uh, that's where I am. I'm, I'm wandering around the mountains. That sounds absolutely lovely. If you've never been to Helen, it's the place where city codes make everything look sort of, I guess, like fake German, right? Yeah. The, yeah. All the restaurants here, it's like, you know, like Hansel and Gretel's chocolates, you know, and then like there's a Wendy's, but the Wendy's looks like it's in southern Germany. It's a so Vendy. It's a Vendy's. A Vendy's. Or oh, and then McDon- McDonald's or McDonald with the umlaut. That was Scottish. You what you just did was Scottish. Put an umlaut over the O, oh, man. It's fine. It comes out man. Scottish. The real Europe shame. Is, the real shame is Europe that that big. Where Jason is staying is so close to being very metal in that it could be hell in Georgia. Yeah. So, so well, like a very good. specific wrestling metal. event or something. I challenge you to a hell in a Georgia. South <laughs> Southeastern Wrestling Champions Turkit presents Hell in Georgia. Yeah, you, you have to escape the Chick-fil-A. <laughs> there, trick question. There is no escaping the Chick-fil-A. You'll be, going, you'll be going to the American Girl store. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's I, I believe that it has its own Oktoberfest. Oh, I'm well. sure. Which it probably has one in April. <laughs> which how they like the basic premise of Oktoberfest is to get as drunk as humanly possible, which doesn't really seem consonant with the mountain values that I've become familiar with in places like White County. Yeah, just go ahead and call it that. It's White County. Yeah, I'm Up in White Cap- County. Yeah, White. So what I'm saying is that I don't think it's maybe the most lit, exciting. Oktoberfest you're going to get. I don't know. People here seem pretty apt to get drunk. I've 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 done some done some drinking of my own. I'll have to confess. Other thing you need to know about Helen, by the way, one scene in Smoking the Bandit was filmed there. I've never forgotten it. Would you? <laughs> would I? Yeah, I would never forget it. I mean, I know that like you're from Tampa, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You mean Cop and a Half USA? Exactly, because Cop and a Half shot in Tampa, and man, Tampa never forgot it. The only Not two one. movies I can think of that I know were shot in Tampa were Cop and a Half, Cop and a Half, and I think the Thomas Jane Punisher movie, which just <laughs> which just means that Tampa is where you go if you want to shoot a bad movie about cops on the wrong side of the law. God, man, I I, I wonder like how many movies were set in tampa right uh, and I'm, go- I'm googling this now so thank you i wonder how many movies were set in tampa but not shot there all right, right? Of, the, like, of, the, of the movies i know cocoon was set in tampa 
but I uh, but it was shot in St. Pete, so that counts. And that's are we counting like Hulk Hogan Bash at the Beach '91? Is that a movie? Well, I mean, Thunder in Paradise was a movie, so okay. So that's yeah. basically the same thing. Here's my what I really want to know is um where Magic Mike was filmed because that is all based in Tampa, I believe, right? Oh, 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 in and it was shot in Tampa, okay. City. St. Petersburg, Tarpon Springs, and Tierra Verde. Wow. I'm not yeah. going to say anything bad about Magic Mike. I'm not. No, it, and you shouldn't. It's actually a really great movie. Like, like you should you should see it. And, and like, it's got math. Like, if I just say Matthew McConaughey wearing a pair of chaps and looking really happy about it. There, I'm in. Um, Fine. This says, this says Spring Breakers was set in Tampa, but that doesn't, I don't remember that being the case. It could be. Oh, man, it is. Wow. <laughs> I feel even worse about that movie now. Well, yeah. Oh, and Summer Rental, classic John Candy movie, was shot in St. Petersburg, right across the water. Great, it's wonderful. <laughs> um, let's not talk about Tampa anymore, please. Oh, I'd love to talk about it. We can continue to talk no, about. No, no, this. you misunderstood. Goddamn, please pick pick it. All right, it's 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 preview time. I know. I, have, I had a se- I had a segue, which I was saying. Please, Tampa is. Is flat, yeah. hot, yeah, desolate, yeah, de- devoid of all hope, right? Uh, there's some good laser tech. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, underwater. Eh, I mean, not it, yet. I mean, the laser tag may not be financially stable. So in that sense, sure. Oh, 2008 did terrible things to the laser economy. <laughs> the laser. I, I also know that Tampa's probably big on the was big at one point in the highlight economy and also big on the. Uh, skydiving indoors economy right mm-hmm. it's one of those yep. places where they're like i don't know set up a bunch of turbine fans get yeah, people any, to like float over them any activity where you can envision like fun gone wrong like somebody pulling a gun dog track laser tag children's museum even shit yeah tampa will do that usf game <laughs> hey you have you don't know fun until you watch college football in Raymond James Stadium, which, it, weirdly enough, that's that's where a member of the SEC East ends up every year. Yeah. Oh yeah. There we go. We got to it. Oh wait, no, I, I love the Outback Bowl because it's my new it's my new job soon. Please. <laughs> Just waiting on the paperwork. Just <laughs> uh, waiting on the paperwork. They don't know. See, they think that I like this was just me having some laughs at the end of last year, and I'm just going to forget about it and go away. No, the media blitz is coming. They don't. Oh, it hasn't started. They don't fucking know. No, no. What you saw was just a prelude, my friend. Putting the putting the rush on you. You know, you know when you think you saw the fireworks show and you're like, oh, that's pretty cool, but it was just the little shit. That's right. Mm. I'm buying custom made fireworks that spell out blooming onion in the sky. Hey, just rain, I, raining down calories. Mm-hmm. Can I can I start with something that's kind of an intriguing number? Yeah. All right. I do want to say this. We're going to spend the rest of this podcast talking about the SEC East. Oh, if, if, God. You wanna, if you want to turn this off right now, I don't blame you. God, it's it's like the waiter came out like to that. the table and said, so the rest of the meal will be cold mashed potatoes. I got to I got to be honest. The chef is having an emotional. <laughs> He's having an emotional evening. He's got some problems in his life. My beef uh, left me. Yeah, we've had some unstable temperatures. 
in the food storage area over the last 48 hours, it's going to be rough, people. It's going to be a hard landing, as the pilot would say. With enough salt and milk, you'll get through it. <laughs> yeah, just, you'll, you'll get through it just like Europe got through 20 centuries of bad food. Salt, milk, and trusting the rate of mortality. Yep. You'll come out on the high side. The SEC East. Hooray, early death. So, in discussing the SEC East, I, I have one positive note. Okay. One positive note. What's a reason a team uh, and, and it can be bad? There's a lot of reasons, right? Uh, injuries, correct? Yeah. Um, bad, bad coaches. Bad coaches. Inexperienced quarterbacks, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you lose all your quarterbacks at once. Um, running uh, over a gypsy. That, that. Um, let's see. Uh, hiring in Kentucky. Playing in Kentucky. That's typically not great for the outlook of your program. It's so disrespectful Although, to Western Kentucky. It's so disrespectful. Yes, or to the you know periodically acceptable Eastern Kentucky Colonels. Yeah, Don't they, Western them. Kentucky. They're 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 just East Missouri. Don't even you can't fool me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> why is that worse? I mean, really, Western Kentucky is a pretty bad appellation anyway, right? Because and Eastern but, Missouri sounds like you're gonna say correctional facility right after it. It went from being <laughs> it went from being like. Colorfully charming to Missouri. He's crossed the lump line where suddenly, like, charming yeah, and dangerous. This is, this is a prison but... for this is a prison for porn smuggler's. That's all this here. <laughs> could we go? To, we could we could go worse. We could say very southern Indiana, right? Some place with like a grease trap based economy. I don't even know what that means. It well, just yeah, feels he said, right. He said Indiana, so I feel like we covered that. Yeah, the. One thing I can say about the SEC East, before we just make fun of it for the next at least 20 to 30 minutes, is this. Returning starters. Now, I know, you say like, oh, man, maybe those returning starters suck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Experience isn't a bad thing. Experience is a really positive thing. And if you crack out, ye old returning starters chart on philsteel.com. Which I inevitably do, and, and I'm always generally like pleased because it's a rough correlation to oh these people kind of know what they're doing because uh, they've been playing a little bit of football. The SEC East reps pretty well in terms of returning starters, like learning. Look at all of this learning. That's not anything you hear about the SEC often, but that sentence. Look at all this learning. It, it's true, at least in the football sense, because Georgia returned 17 starters, including uh, a quarterback. A good one in Jacob Eason. Man, you know who is tied for most returning starters with Georgia? Tied for most in the SEC? Yeah, most mo- well, most in the SEC, yeah. Who? Oh. Huh. Cole, Cole Kublik has been real big on them, by the way. Bre- breaking, breaking them down on Twitter, saying saying that they had better depth than Tennessee. Go Cats. At like almost every, that is correct. Go Cats. The Kentucky Wildcats, who have 17 returning starters as well, including... Quarterback, eight on offense, nine on defense, man. One one could do worse than, than being slightly bullish on Kentucky. Remind me that I said that in week three when Kentucky has played two of the worst football games anyone has ever seen. Okay. And then looking on down, looking on down the chart, uh, it, it still isn't bad. Vanderbilt and South Carolina, both with 16 returning starters. Notice who I'm not mentioning here, by the way. Yeah, I know. <laughs> there's two teams. There, there, there's, there's Florida. Sure, uh, that's not who I'm talking about. 
I'm talking about a team that that lost some considerable talent, only returned seven on each side of the ball. That'd be that'd be Tennessee. I like that you said two team, which again Missouri is no longer in the SEC. <laughs> for already booted. For, uh, for what it's worth, Spencer, here were the top two teams in the SEC last year in returning starters. <clears throat> that was this, and this was the fun part that you beat me to. God L- damn it. LSU and Tennessee. One and two. <laughs> and as we all know, their seasons were magical and perfect. In a sense, yes. Yep. They did beat, hey, Tennessee did beat Florida. Can't uh, take that away from a man. And, and LSU didn't. <laughs> <laughs> let wow. me say, let, let me say, by the way, that did we not call it? That the minute they beat Florida, we're like, now oh, their season's over. God. It's done. All right, it's let's, done. let's just pick a team. Let's listen. We have to start with this pile of cold mashed potatoes somewhere. One of you, please, just give us a team that we can start with. Whew, man, let's uh, let's get after it. Let's talk about God, let's talk about Florida. Come on, let's do this. <laughs> oh, ripping the ripping the bandaid off. Okay. Wow. All right. All right. Yeah. That's fine. That's fine. Where do you want to start? Yeah, oh, I by don't. the way, by the way, um, just to explain quickly the order of our previews uh, to the listener, we decided to go from worst division to best division. So obviously, we're starting with the SEC East, then moving uh, upward from there. So it it all gets better, and to prove that it gets better by the minute, we'll start with the Florida Gators. Uh, let's look at this: Florida Gators coming off of another, on paper, not bad. But ultimately disappointing season, particularly at the quarterback position. Cut and paste those words and just use them for the past five, six, nine years. Definitely the the Florida season that made me least apathetic and angry in in recent memory. Like a Florida season that I walked away from thinking that was fine. Yeah, that was that was fine. You know, even even the failures are like, oh, look, quarterbacks toast. And the bull. And you know what? The bowl game was pretty goddamn fun. Yeah, bowl game was great because they was, just was... lit. They just lit Iowa on fucking fire, and <laughs> and I'm not sorry about it at all. And I didn't nope, see nope. it coming. I was sure they were going to lose that game, and they burnt Iowa to the yeah. goddamn ground. Ran them over too. Just ran the, ran them the hell over, and and you know should have seen maybe that coming because you go ah no not a particularly great Iowa team. Y- you know what you can keep every caveat. You can keep every qualifier. I'm cutting the sentence off at at Florida one. That's it. Florida one. Florida whips mass. Fine with that. So, it, not looking like an incompetent football team. Here's a little wrinkle. We are getting a new part. Florida's getting Malik Zaire. Oh, a transfer from Notre Dame. Malik Zaire. I, I think Malik Zaire coming in. He's a. I believe he's a fifth year senior. Is that correct? Yeah, he's taken a lot of classes. Yeah, he's he's very he's very knowledgeable. He's very wise. So he's bringing wisdom to the Florida Gators roster, but also uh, the the zone read. That's really all you can do with him, I think. Especially because this coaching staff has taken, I don't know, Felipe Franks is in like. He's got at least three hundred eighty three credit hours of like football one on one at this point, and they're still like. Eh! I don't know about it. <laughs> just he's just grinding, man. Needs more XP. Just got to keep storing well, it up. Does anybody really know what to make of Malik there? Because I mean, 
Brian Kelly had that quarterback rotation thing going on, and you know it, everyone sort of agreed that he should have been the backup to Deshaun Kaiser. But I don't, I don't know. It, it didn't feel like we ever really got to see um, like what you know enough to extrapolate what like a full season would look like. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think we had that either, and I don't think that you're going to get that. I don't. I, I see them as using him as a change of pace. That's it. I don't really see them letting him throw a lot because at the risk of setting everyone into uh, sending a certain faction of the Florida fan base, who wouldn't listen to this podcast anyway? There's just like way too many syllables and way too much <laughs> nonsense for them to get this far in the podcast. Well, now they're, now they're out. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, they're definitely out now. Um, but if you watch him, his throwing motion... Not dissimilar to Tim Tebow. I said it. I said it. Heisman. Oh, boy. Heisman is what you said. He throws kind of. He throws a little bit of a frittata, if we're being honest. So future New York Met. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Future ABC, ESPN sports personality. Just clear away from on the SEC network. That'd be the best if it had Tebow and they had Malik Sire. <laughs> and it's like lifetime SEC member Malik Zaire, legend. SEC legend, yeah. <laughs> that's that's um, like that's like Big Ten legend Tommy Frazier. Um, let's look at the Florida schedule. Hey, they're playing Michigan. We mentioned this uh, recently. They play Michigan right away. For all of you who say Florida won't play anybody tough out of conference, whoops, we did it. Sorry. Uh, the other non-conference games are Northern Colorado and UAB. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Yep. And then in the West, Florida draws LSU, our old buddy, our old pal. Where's that game we even played this year? Is that a curiosity? Uh, what, LSU? Yeah. Oh, oh, that's I, I believe that's uh, in Gainesville. Huh, but, but I don't understand. I'm looking at the schedule here, and I see at Kentucky, at Missouri – at South Carolina. Feels like there should be another road game here. Something seems wrong. I don't know, man. It's like something weird. It's like something weird happened. Probably the SEC league it's, office it's, just favoring Florida as usual. Whatever mm. it is, it's it's kind of scary. You guys are you guys scared of whatever happened there? I I don't know. Like I frankly, I'm terrified to even go to Kentucky this year. That's actually like half true. <laughs> it's like half true. Um <laughs> the Tennessee streak streak snapped last year and I like I'm looking at Kentucky going I would like to just get this out of the way. Um, we need to change how the SEC East works vis-a-vis the SEC Championship. As of yep. now, it's pretty straightforward. The winner of the SEC East plays the SEC West champion. I think this is wrong, and I, this is a little Game of Thronesy, and I don't mean for it to be, but I do think you should be allowed to select a champion to play in your place. And if you if you win the SEC East this year... I think you should get to choose whether or not you play probably Alabama. Or if you say, no, Vanderbilt will be my champion. Vanderbilt will fight for my honor. And that way, you know what? If Vanderbilt wins that wins that game, they get the glory. Good for them. But if they don't, hey, man, you know, they tried. Good for them. Mm-hmm. Can you pick someone outside the SEC East? Like could uh, you could you pick Ole Miss? Sure. Yeah. You know what? Pick an SEC West team. That's fine. Pick an ACC team. I was gonna request, you know, Troy. I just just want to see Troy because Troy. I know this. Troy, as Bill C said, their fans are getting rather chesty. 
this year. I'm like, well, what better cure for that than just tapping you in to face Bama? <laughs> Here you go, Troy. Florida, Florida selects state? Navy as SEC East champion. Nick Saban. Oh, God, they're going to go through us like shit through a tin horn. <laughs> Why not? Like, that'd be ter- that'd be awful, especially if like we could hold the decision until like two days before the game, <laughs> right? And they're like, "Just tell us what film to watch," and we're like, "Navy, Navy! <laughs> good day, sir." Oh man, you hold it till the day of, like Florida even shows up, and then you pull the switcheroo. Navy Navy rolls out in Florida's uniforms. Listen, I'm not saying this would Florida, lead to different Florida's results. Florida's looking a little skinny. But this would be a hell of a lot more entertaining than the SEC championship has been the last few years. Agreed. Predictions? I Here's what we're doing this year. Spencer and Jason are still doing predictions. I am trying to set... I'm trying to look, like get past the numbers. It's not about wins, not about losses. I'm just trying to identify a specific goal for these teams that if you can do that, I'm proud of you. And you're this my is, sweet boy. This is actually a really favorable schedule. It's a it great se- schedule. It, it seems so. It seems like that should be true. It is. You, you know, have to pick um, a number now. Yeah, I do. I, I have to pick. They're going to lose to Michigan. I think this is the year we lose to Kentucky. <laughs> Just think it's that year. Oh, my God. It feels like it. Um, then the rest of the games, they line up real pretty. In fact, you could go in and uh, if you manage a road trip at Missouri, which, Jesus, you should really manage a road trip at Missouri. And you should beat South Carolina. Just based on management, this feels like a 9-3 and three football team. I assume the Michigan. three that you're taking away, Spencer, are what? Michigan, Florida, State, Florida, State, Florida State, Michigan, and the rogue loss to Kentucky. I'm going to say three. So they're, all right, so they're hmm. sweeping LSU and Texas A&M. All right. Uh, uh, I mean, I, and, come on. Uh, A&M, that's not. Come on. Okay, that's fine. I'm just establishing what you're saying. I'm not. I'm not and those are both. Both of those games are in Gainesville. That's true. Georgia's got Georgia's got more talent and experience. That that has never stopped Georgia from never, losing to Florida. That has Georgia never that. mattered. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> um, I'll I'll go I'll go eight and four, and I have to caveat here that I um you know we we for this program we do not research things all that strenuously, but I'm at an especially low level of knowledge at this point. Um, I, I usually I would have like crashed you know prepped for this kind of thing but nah i I walked around the mountains all day i haven't looked at the schedule or anything but i'm gonna go eight and four i appreciate that about you um here's my emotional goal for florida this year one opponent one good opponent and good can just mean bowl eligible it doesn't have to mean like a double digit win team but one good opponent in the back half of the schedule maybe that's a&m maybe that's georgia maybe that's south carolina florida state i don't know Florida needs to hammer them because over the last couple of years, Florida in the second half of the year has just been hot garbage. Uh, you get like last year's a good example. Jo- be, uh, you know, they start the year five and one with a loss to Tennessee. After that, Spencer, they beat Georgia 24 10. Was that game at all worth your time or money? Nope. nope. They lose. Nope. They then lose to Arkansas by twenty-one points. They beat South Carolina twenty to seven. They beat LSU sixteen to ten. Another game that was not worth anyone's time or even brain space. They lose to Florida State and Alabama. 
to close out the uh, non-bowl season. So just like just one opponent, just pick one and just paste them because Florida has gotten so good at the over the last I don't know five years at this point of starting out well, having a pasting early of somebody. Last year, you know, you look and you say, "Oh, that was the Kentucky game, beat them forty-five-seven." Um, the year before that, you say, "Oh, that was the Ole Miss game, beat them by twenty-eight points." And then they just do nothing the rest of the year. And it gives you no confidence. It gives you nothing to hang your hat on and say, this is a team that's getting better. So that's all I'm asking for is paste one decent opponent in the back half. What's the common thread in all of those collapses? I mean, Uh, the the, the quarterback gets injured and or I don't know. And the offensive line becomes a World War I uh, film crew. Correct. Correct. So uh, keep a line healthy. And we do have a really good line this year. I think they're good. I feel confident saying that, especially our center. And what helps the quarterback out? And what helps the quarterback stay upright? Uh, a good core running backs. Probably the best core that, like, probably the best core we've had in a real long time. Jordan Scarlett, Michael P. Ryan, and Mark Thompson. So I, I feel okay with, with those three. That's fine. If they can do that and we have good receivers, I mean, they're, they're good receivers. So there are, there's hope. I think that my biggest concern for me is making sure that we replace all that defensive talent we lost and don't become a sieve in the secondary because we face two pretty good quarterbacks in our division at least. And then another one at the end of the year against Florida State. So uh, keep your quarterback upright, and yeah, we might get that. Next, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking nine and three. Next serving of mashed potatoes, please. Mm. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and spoon this one up for you. Whoo! Let's, let's let's pile them all. Let's pile them all up. Let's uh, put a couple of fugitives on top. Let's call it Rocky Top. Yeah, we're we're, right. we're, we're talking Tennessee. All right, we're gonna start with. Um, I fucked up last week. I forgot to give the high roller voicemail to one of our generous donors. He gets to make up for it this week with a question about Tennessee. Hi guys, this is Bill, also known as Darth Bubba on the uh, message boards and on Twitter. And uh, my question for y'all is, uh, what are what happens to Butch Jones if this season he beats Florida and Georgia, but again does not beat Alabama or win the East? I'll hang up and listen. Thanks, and uh, enjoy the podcast. Do you remember who finished in the top half of the SEC East last year? I don't care about order. Do you just remember the four teams? Uh, no, I do not. Okay. Florida Florida won right. the thing. Right. Tennessee, Georgia, and Kentucky were the other three teams in the top half. What was Tennessee's record against those three teams? Well, they beat us. They beat us. They beat mm-hmm. Georgia on a miracle Hail Mary, and yep. they beat Kentucky. The, what Tennessee did last year, beating the other three teams in the top of the division but not winning the division, is like the solution to one of the riddles in Die Hard with a Vengeance. Where you're just like, ah, I don't know how it's possible. The math, it's too much. I'm John McClane and I just want to shoot things. Which is a very Tennessee fan response. Um, if this happens again, I mean, the real shit of it is... You're entirely dependent at that point on Florida and Georgia getting to the end of the year being a pelt worth taking at that point. Because you're going to play them both before October 
rolls around. And if you get to the end of the year and Florida's just, you know, a 7-8 win team and Georgia's just a 7-8 win team, that ain't really going to do a lot for you. Especially if you managed to dick around and lose the division again. Yeah. So, I mean, you're going to lose to Bama. Just, okay, sure, just go ahead sure. and accept that one. Let's chalk that um, one up. Fine. Putting up a winning streak against Florida for the first time in a lot of years. Yeah, um, and, and, and winning, Georgia, in, winning, in, winning in Gainesville, which would be, I'm sure, very wonderful for Tennessee fans. Yeah, I mean, unless we're talking a 2-10 and 10 season, I think Butch is fine. You know, if it's you're, you're replacing a quarterback, you're replacing your best player, um, you're replacing your best uh, skill player, you know, um, yeah, <laughs> you had draft picks for the first time in three years. Um, I, I, I think Butch is fine. So here's the thing. In that scenario. Here's uh, the thing. For, I, I, for I them would, to do would, this, for them to do this, ahead. If they beat Florida and Georgia and lose to Alabama, they have to lose at least two of the following games. South Carolina at Kentucky at Missouri, LSU, Vanderbilt. You can lose you can lose to LSU. Okay. Um South Carolina it will be improved. Um, that would be that would be that would be too, that, now you have a losing streak to a must champ in South Carolina. Yeah, but that's that goes without saying. Okay. Five and zero yeah. against Tennessee. Okay. Yep. Yeah. There you got. You, go. just, okay. you 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 cannot beat Muschamp or Bama. You just know you can't, and you lose to LSU. Okay. Great. Everything's uh, can, fine. Can I can I cast my hand across the schedule? Please. Yeah, and point out by the way, like not having the starting quarterback. Whoo. Yeah, that's that's bad right there. Like that's. That's super bad I mean, for that. I I guess I I think Josh Dobbs was a nice a nice man and a talented runner, but like I'm not I, I wouldn't be that sad that you lost him. He knew where stuff was supposed to go for the most part, mm-hmm. and he knew what he was supposed to do. I just it doesn't yeah I don't really see so a whole lot I mean, of hope there. Josh Dobbs staying over here. I think once they finally decided to actually try an offense, like. He lit folks up, yeah. You know the last the last half of last year, and I don't want to say you know blame it all on the offensive coordinator or whatever, but I mean they had Alvin Kamara playing backup to a guy who left, you know, it, and <laughs> it's it's clear it's not the greatest offensive staff in the world as we saw the year before. So to me, uh, I think he's a bigger loss than um, you know I think most college fans uh, it, like. Bill Connolly says this a lot. Josh Dobbs was so overrated that he became underrated. And, you know, I think because of that, it's hard to accurately gauge exactly what Tennessee's replacing here. But I think it's a lot. Yeah. Let me put the worst, like, because looking at that, because I, I think Josh Dobbs as a replacement player, very difficult. They, lo- they lost Alvin Kamara, who I think was one of those dudes who, every time I saw him was making, like, crucial first downs. He didn't get a whole lot of touches, but everything he did just sort of worked. Um, when they needed him. Let's look at the schedule and say, oh, wh- where could things go wrong? Uh, your opener, Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech's got a ton there of returning there's, there's, there's one. <laughs> there's one. Ton of returning, ton of returning starters, returning quarterback, um, playing the triple option in week one. Oh, we've got all year to prepare for it. Uh, tell me how well teams play in game one against anyone 
at any level, and then throw the challenge of preparing for Appalachian three-card money as dealt by Paul Johnson. Yeah, what's the what's the saying? Your greatest improvement is between week one and week two? Like, yeah, that's not when you play Georgia Tech, though. You play, yeah, you play the no, week one. So. You got you to put also, on your... You got Paul Johnson's good and pissed off, and he wants to go 4-0 against the SEC. He said I that actually, back in December. I actually would like to see Paul Johnson try to take advantage of that aphorism and schedule as many games as possible week one. Be like, well, if that's true, let's just <laughs> let's just beat everybody before they've improved. We're well, playing, keep, we're playing, we're playing Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, and twice on Monday. Keep in mind, you know, with, that, with a running clock, right? With a running clock and a run attack, it's actually only like three regular games, doable. right? If you it's schedule doable. four, <laughs> we run eighteen ninety nine Cumberland's offense, and now we're playing eighteen ninety nine Cumberland schedule. <laughs> So Georgia Tech, I mean, what? They could take an L there. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. Uh, Indiana State, obviously they win that. I think they lose at Florida. I do. I just don't I, I don't think that's going to happen twice. They beat UMass, I guess. And then yeah. they play Georgia and South Carolina and Alabama and Kentucky. Reader, it is entirely possible that they slide all four of those over into the L column. And I don't even think that is, I don't even think that's too implausible when you look at it because all four of those teams on paper are better than this Tennessee team. Because that that is that is a rough month. Starting September 30th, going all the way to October 28th. Oh, and by the way, their gimme game is Southern Miss. What were you doing? What the hell do were that. you Oh no, baby! What is you doing? Oh, no, baby. <laughs> what is you doing? Damn! Yeah, yeah, that's 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 rough. And then you get at Missouri. I don't know. You do you know? <laughs> we're gonna, we're going to talk about Missouri, we'll get, and we'll I guarantee you, it's going to be all three of us going. Ah, I don't know. I don't even know. Well, and and here's you know what they're going to do to end the season. Last two games. They're going to beat LSU. Everybody's going to be like, oh, shit, Tennessee figured it out. Fuck yeah. Rocky top. Then they're going to lose to Vanderbilt. And Vanderbilt's going to flatten them. And I don't mean like, like, fuck, we just lost. We just (laughs) lost the SEC East because of this Vanderbilt game. If I could could actually edit life so that those two moments ran concurrently and somebody could experience them emotionally in the span of like 20 seconds, the Tennessee fan was like, woo, we beat LSU. Blip. Oh shit! We lost a bad. <laughs> can I? Can so, I ask? Can I, I ask the? I want to get one question out of the way here. How 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 many Tennessee fans do you think really want to dissolve the permanent rivalry game with Alabama? How many Tennessee fans want to dissolve the program? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a that few. is a two birds one stone thing. So a few. What better way to end the rivalry than to take one party out of it completely? <laughs> Like a couple weeks ago, we did this thing at SB Nation that was like explain, you know, the the foundational moment of your fandom or whatever, and we sent it out to the Twitter followers. Like, hey, why are you a fan of the team you're a fan of? And of the people who said because I hate myself, because I want to die, you know, things of that nature, nine out of ten of those were Tennessee fans. They are a meager, melancholy group of people right now. And then a few days later, we did. What you know? What emoji best sums up your team? And I swear, the trash emojis—they were coming from Tennessee fans. Like morale has plummeted. 
All right. So, I would, I, I would so, also say yeah. this. Tennessee fans, right now, their chief rival, the will to live. That's that's who they're that's who they're currently struggling in the third quarter with, turning the quarter to the fourth and not really feeling it. So what's your what's your number here for Tennessee? I think I no dude, I think I think this is I, I think this is like four and sevens on the table. So, and they like skip, so they skip a game. Oh right, they're not playing the Alabama game. You're right. Yeah, they're not playing the Alabama game, right? They ended the rivalry. So like, can, can we give? Can we count it as like? I mean, I'm, I'll, if I'm real generous to them, six and six. Okay. Six and six, and they can his ass. I mean, I don't think. I mean, I, I don't think. I do not think he makes it out of the season. Jason, huh. I'll go. I'll go seven and five, and he stays. God, that's all. It's, is, is he uh, gonna uh, stay at seven and five, man? If it's the right, if it's the right I mean, seven, yeah. I think. I think yeah. Jason's probably yeah. right. Are they that? Are they that beaten down? <laughs> um, I mean, I can sell that. Like, look, this is the rebuilding year. Yeah, but what was the peak? <laughs> the peak wasn't that high. <laughs> it was er- Yeah, it was early. It was a sugar high. It was fast. You beat Northwestern in that bowl, whenever that one was. Um. All right. Here's my here's my goal for Tennessee football this year. Keep Butch Jones from saying something bloggable. That's it. Like, just tell oh. him to just lock it down, button up, just coach speak only. Leave all the the folksy, you know, championship life, whatever. Just only internal. Just make him encourage Butch Jones to be the most boring coach he can be because it really, it's really not helping. It's really, really not helping. So what I'm learning from this is your goals, they can be ruined months before the season. Oh, begins. yeah, 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 yeah. This can be ruined at SEC media days. 100%. Can and will. Um, that's But that's, listen, Tennessee, what I'm asking of you has nothing to do with on the field play. You can lose every game and I can still see you as a success as long as Butch Jones just learns to shut the fuck up. Dig up. Dig yeah, up, so, stupid. So, so, again, using my rule of no one ever learns and everyone always makes the same mistakes all over and over again. Yeah, that's not happening. He's can't. My, my, my secondary goal is get to the bye week and have, like, know what you're going to do. At that point, you will have played Georgia Tech, Florida, and Georgia. And honestly, if you win all of those three games and you have beaten, presumably, Indiana State and UMass in the interim, just say, yep, like, that's enough for us to believe that in a rebuilding year – we're in good place. If you have lost at least two of those games, just uh, just decide to be done. Just you know, don't just get the patient off the table one way or the other. Really doesn't matter to me if it's alive or dead. Next mashed potato. Georgia, let's do it. Let's go. Let's get let's get into it. Wow, we're we're saving the saving the big names for the end here. Man, no, we're we're allowing you to bet. We're allowing you to bail out of this thing. <laughs> Stay tuned for half an hour, folks, because we're going to talk Vandy. Yeah, no, we'll get through. We'll get through Georgia quickly. Uh, number, there's only one question in my mind. Uh, Spencer, who are we rooting for week two when Georgia goes to South Bend? Oh, we're rooting for the dogs, man. We're putting we're putting on. We're put we're blasting some Pastor Troy. There will be no more play in GA. All right, here's the thing. I'm not. Yeah, yeah, you're wrong. That's fine. That's fine. But like, 
there has to be a point where our determined and vicious hatred of the fighting Irish, it has to have a line somewhere, and I found it, and it's this Georgia game. I'm rooting for the Irish in this one. I can't I can't teach you decency. Like I can't No, no, you definitely can't. I've seen what you wear on Snapchat. Yeah. I can't. And yeah, they they look fantastic. And I'm I'm just gonna own them. <laughs> it's fine. So yeah, that's that's I mean, beyond that, um Georgia also made an interesting decision scheduling wise because they open up App State at Notre Dame and then the Samford, which means that um yeah, it's just nothing but SEC after that. There is no, so, there is no SoCon week. There is no, you know, rest the starters. No, it's Can just, I, I mean, just hamburger. Man, like, and out of their four road games, uh, you know, two two difficult ones and one that's kind of dicey from time to time for them. At least it was last year. They go to Georgia Tech. It's not too bad. But they go to Auburn. They go to Tennessee. Oh, and they go to Vandy, too, which that's been a thing every now and then. Vanderbilt's the team we're going to be, like, super bullish on. I'm going to be, like, so cool with them. I'll be like, yeah. man, it's going to be, like, the most amazing six-win team you've ever seen. Um, <laughs> this So this Georgia team last year, they were 86th in yards per play. They were 11th in the SEC in that category. This offense was just like, I'm glad they're returning their top two running backs. That's a good sign. They have a promising young quarterback. They still have a ton of questions at wide receiver, but like this offense has to get better or, or I don't know, man. I don't know if they can't make a pretty decent leap. I don't see this Georgia team. I mean, maybe they can do the Florida thing and win the SEC East and not feel good about it. I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah. Oh, you've, Seen what Jim Chaney does, by the way. It's an old-fashioned basketball on grass guy. So uh, you, you think that power run game is just going to get set? Because, because uh, oh, by the way, guess what? You um, you had Nick Chubb last year, right? Yeah, and Sony Michelle, and they mm-hmm. both. I believe both of their numbers were worse last year than the year previously. Yeah, and guess who you get this year? In in what feels like his seventh year of eligibility. Nick Chubb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when it's time to give the ball to Nick Chubb, what is Jim Chaney going to do? He's going to hand it on a reverse to a 5'8 slot receiver. Oh, we'll never let you forget that, Georgia. Just never. Yep, yep. You're going to do that. I'm telling you, I just people do not change. They make the same mistakes over and over again, uh, like hiring Jim Chaney. Jim Chaney, man, Eason's going to have some like 400-yard passing games. He's going to light some people up. You know what else he's going to do? He's not going to hand off to Nick Chubb as many times as he should. It's going to get him hit, and it's going to hurt Nick Chubb's numbers, and everyone will be unhappy. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a it's going to be your typical Georgia year. Yeah. But hey, <laughs> lots of returning starters. This is I don't know. Um, what's your what's your record prediction for the Dogs? I'm looking at losses here, and I really think that if they take an L. I mean, it's a pretty. I mean, they can they can do this, but if they take an obvious L, to me, it seems like uh, at Auburn's a hard game, right? Mm-hmm. A and weird I, and a weird game consistently. It's a weird game consistently, and and to to give you the must champ effect, yeah. No matter what happens in that South Carolina game. Oh man, they're just they're just they've got the must champ trifecta here: Florida, South Carolina, Auburn. 
Y'all are going to yeah. play Texas in a bowl game. Mark my words. Yeah, but but how's that going to feel, by the way, when they play Florida in Jacksonville? Very Ugh. physical team. Ugh. It's going to run the ball a lot. South Carolina, just just a very if South Carolina has nothing else, they they're just they're going to try real hard. They're going to hurt you. And South Carolina really likes hurting Georgia. So how do you think they're going to feel when they get to a road trip in Auburn? That to me is like that's just a big glowing L right there, sitting there. Right in November 11th, they're going to be beat up. It'll be bad. The other loss I can see on the schedule, by the way, sneaky-like, because they face a really difficult-to-defend quarterback. Mississippi State comes into September 23rd. Now, that's in Athens. There's no way they're going to be prepared for that game. Coming off a lazy Sanford game, uh, you know they got Tennessee the next week. Mississippi State, that's like a sneaky loss to me there. And then one more. That's intriguing. I mean, I think Florida's a loss there. I think this is an eight and four team because I could see them like losing at Vanderbilt. Because Vanderbilt's just Vanderbilt's one of those teams, man. They're gonna they they will steal a couple off you. Hmm. I'll go so, nine and three. I'm gonna go eight and myself. four. So basically, I'll, the, I'll... most of the pattern here seems to be Jason picks a game better than what Spencer does. Yeah, Did I, I thought I picked worse for Florida. He did. We, we're actually mirror, we're mirror images here, but that's fine. I think that makes our math more compelling. Totally. Yeah. Hopefully. I think what we've decided is someone has to win this division with three losses. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and no. it doesn't really matter who it is. Yep. Um, my goal for Georgia, have more games where Jacob Eason just throws the damn ball. There were, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, Six games last year where Jacob Eason threw the ball at least 30 times. 30 is not a crazy number. 30 is not like, oh, shit, we're running the air raid here. And some of these games were, oh, shit, we need to throw the ball because we're in trouble and we need to come back and beat Missouri or we need to lose, as we mentioned, to Vanderbilt or we need to come back and barely beat Kentucky. Like, this is a real this is a real stat line. In the win against South Carolina last year, Jacob Eason, five-star, all count, all you know, high school everything quarterback, went five of seventeen for twenty-nine yards. That's in a win. That's fucked up, dude. Don't do that. That's awesome. Just oh, that's, like that's awesome. No, I hate that shit. Like you got this. You you got this, dude. He has running backs who you know will draw attention. Let him throw the fucking ball. These are running backs who can catch the ball, too. You have a good tight end. Just, like, just try it, please. Because otherwise, we are staring down the the birth of yet another Nick Saban offshoot who just strangles the fuck out of the passing game. And I just, please don't do that. You don't have to. Be different. He wants to. He so wants to. Sounds a bit. Spencer wants more Chubb and Ryan wants more Eason. I think what we're recommending for Georgia is just try having an offense. I mean, you threw the just ball le- you threw the ball less less per game last year than Vandy did. Vandy. Fuck. Just try, try offense. Let's talk about Vandy. Um Vandy was if if you think Tennessee was confusing, this is what Vanderbilt did last year. They beat Georgia, Tennessee, and Old Miss, and they hung with Florida. And they lost to Missouri, South Carolina, and got destroyed by Georgia Tech. Vanderbilt, y'all had a year. We didn't really appreciate it. 
at the time, but y'all made some y'all 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 really lived the highest of the highs and the lowest of the lows. Good on you. Uh, you also had nine passing touchdowns last year. Hey, Spencer and Jason, how many passing touchdowns did Rutgers have? No, nine. Eleven. Oh no. Hmm. Eleven. I enjoyed that your first instinct when going, well, what's a dismal touchdown total which could compare? Hmm, let's look at Rutgers. Vandy and Rutgers combined are 9-11. Put it together. Hmm. Wow. Pete Carroll's listening. Sorry. Um, Vandy, you also... this They have what may be one of the most punishing stretches in the secs they start at middle tennessee state which sure that's a road game um then they play alabama a&m and then this is the five game stretch before they get to the bye week kansas state alabama at florida georgia at old miss yeah man if they if they get through that at like two and three is is successful out of that man two and three would be doing real well right yeah although that mad old miss just the ghost the ghost of old miss or whatever the hell is happening right right we, but it comes at the end if it, if that was the first game in the series in the, that stretch i would agree with you but that's after you've already been through the kansas state time wormhole alabama whatever florida and georgia are this year then you have well, to play Ole Miss. Man, Vander, Vandy doesn't exactly hurry up to the line. That no. Kansas State game could be two hours and five minutes. 26 total plays. <laughs> really good plays, though. Really Focus. Good. Really dedicated good. plays. Considered plays. Yeah, so that game could be two hours and five minutes. The Bama game. Oh, yeah, man. Now, now that Saban's got like his like boring New England anonymous coordinator in there. Oh, yeah, boy. They're, they're going to be running that. So at least the games won't be very long. So they might be L's, but they won't be very long. Two and two and three will be real successful. And this is when Vandy really starts to write their legend, by the way, because uh, then they get Western Kentucky, Kentucky, Missouri, and Tennessee, and they could finish on like a three and one upswing, right? That's when we sure. get to say. And, and the one could be Western Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> Easily. Not I mean, even- that. Anywhere funny. between zero and four and four and zero. This is this yeah. is like this is a real weird fucking schedule because you have your non-conference games are MTSU, and FCS school Kansas State and Western Kentucky. That's not Jesus. That's not like you have not found the cupcakes here. You are going on the paleo diet, and like most people who originally lived the paleo diet, your lifespan will probably be very short. Yeah, you looked great, and you died at thirty. Um, I listen. I I don't think Derek Mason's in any trouble. Vanderbilt did enough last year, and did it with really just one side of the ball because the offense was non-existent. This is going to be. This could be a very bad year, and it's and it doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad Vanderbilt team. Is the shit of it? Man, I don't add Middle Tennessee. That's not an easy game. No, no. These are these are. MTSU, K-State, and Western Kentucky are all teams known to fuck your shit up. Yeah, no, I mean, I think they'll lose at least one of those. At least one. They could go two, They could go one and two in those. It's entirely possible. But 
if I look at it, I'm being super optimistic. And Vanderbilt, I'm going to be optimistic for you. I think there's five wins in the schedule. I think. So I'm, I'm going to say I'm going to say they go five and seven. Well, without looking at the schedule or reviewing the roster or anything, I'll 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 go Mr. Sunshine again. I'll say six and six. six let's and go six. make a bowl. Let's go. Let's go lose a bowl. My, <laughs> let's go lose a bowl. You, yeah, they lost to NC State last year, which well, okay. Um, my Montessori goal for Vanderbilt: be the reason somebody else got fired. Yes. Like, you know what? It might be Florida. I'll be honest. You go. You go into Gainesville and beat and beat the Gators. Might be the reason uh, there's a coaching change there. Might be. Uh, might be Kentucky. Might be Missouri. Might be Tennessee. Whatever it is, just be the reason somebody else gets fired. Yeah, man, That's it. you were you were in so many excellent positions to get people fired. Yeah, you are. You could go into Ole Miss and absolutely slap the shit out of Hugh Freeze. Yep, he's gonna he's gonna be drinking uh, a malt liquor bottle anyway in the in the bag. He's gonna have Old English on the sidelines. He won't be he won't have shaved. He'll be sitting in a chair and coaching like in a camp chair. Like I don't care. I'm you know already what? dead. Host host Kansas State and hold him to 18 yards and scream at Bill Snyder. We're just blocking your transfer of the ball. Don't worry about it. Oh wow! I do like that. Um, getting people fired that seems to be like the life goal of a Vanderbilt alumni anyway. So that's perfect. <laughs> it's true. Get, just you know what? Just trimming, cutting efficiency. That's all we're doing. Just getting payroll down. Okay. Uh, you do have at Tennessee as the final, which man, that's a that's a up. really that's a really great way to send Butch out because I totally think they're going to get Butch fired. Let's let's move to happier happier circumstances. Let's go to Lexington. Did you did either of you remember that Mark Stoops got a two year contract extension this off season? No, no, you didn't. Do you know what this contract extension includes? If Kentucky, in the course of his contract, which now runs, I believe, until 2022, if in a single season they win between seven and nine games, he automatically gets another year. If they win 10 games in a season, he gets two added to it. On the one hand, I think this is very smart because you were just giving you, you know, a two year contract extension is not huge by itself, but you are building in a way to keep your coach there potentially. If he shows success, on the other hand, you have now declared that seven and five is cause for celebration. Well, so how can he hack this? Can he go seven and five forever? I think so. I think that's it's um, that's basically he has figured out where all the warp whistles are in this very sad Super Mario game. I also enjoyed this. That they go into the season saying, our starting quarterback outplayed Lamar Jackson. It's true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, a uh, pretty good secondary coming. Like, seriously, really good secondary. Uh, linebackers, eh, I mean, they're pretty good. Defensive line, we can just, you know, there's a lot of good people in the secondary. Um, I mean, are, are they still going to get run over? Yeah, like, if you go, well, why wouldn't, why, why might they not beat Florida? I'm Florida just might run the ball, right? Like that's because the defensive line really 
it's been sort of an issue for them. But offensively, uh, offensively, this is this is a solid team. They're the, not bad. The road schedule is not terrible. They open up against Southern Miss on the road. They play South Carolina. They go to Starkville to play Mississippi State. They go to Vanderbilt. They go to Georgia. Everybody else is home game. That's not that's not the worst as roads as road slates go. It has it's not like oh you're gonna own that, but overall you're pretty happy with that. I think. I think you could deal with it. I mean, here we've got. I think if you're looking, and we're going to go ahead and put them on the table. Uh, I think that they beat Missouri. They beat Eastern Michigan, and I know that's an improved Eastern Michigan squad. Kentucky can't take anything for granted. Um, I think that they beat. Um, I think they beat Tennessee. I think they lose to Miss State. I think they beat Mississippi. I think I like they. That, beat, I like that we're going to come out of this with you huge on Mississippi State and Vanderbilt. Basically, actually, I'm, I'm pretty big. I'm bigger on Kentucky. Okay. I think like like I I think this is. Dare I say, I, if if this all plan, if this all works out, um, this is like an eight-win Kentucky team. So we're saying um, the offensive line looks good. That's that's the word. Yeah, I think their offense in general looks good, like good yeah. balance. And, like yeah, across the board, you know, pretty good secondary. Uh, you're probably still going to be able to run on them. Yeah, I mean, to me, if you're bringing back a quarterback and your offensive line looks good, your offense is fine. Um, I mean, really, all I know is let's go get this paper. Let's go get Mark Stoops this extension. <laughs> get this one. I want, I want seventy-five for the next ten years, and them just looking at each other like we can't fire him. It's, it's literally we wrote down he needs to get seven wins a year. <laughs> um, we, put it, we put it. We said that was acceptable performance. Shit. If we wanted eight wins, we should have asked for eight wins. It's like pieces of flair. <laughs> um, gosh, Kentucky, what do I need from you this season? Um, you know what? Win that Louisville game again. I, I like Lamar Jackson. Fuck Bobby Petrino. Just, just beat them. Just beat Louisville. The rest of it, don't really care. Win that game, I'll be proud of you. Lamar Jackson going for back-to-back Heisman's. They hold him to like 110 yards, three fumbles, eight picks. Just because, <laughs> just because I like that. So Louisville last year has this great start to the season. Everybody's immediately like, "Oh, well, which SEC job is Bobby Petrino going to take or get or whatever?" Doesn't work out that way, which is fine. Nothing will end that shit faster than you lost two games in a row to Kentucky with Lamar Jackson. Fuck you, Bobby Petrino. Get out of town. We don't want you back. And then Louisville goes and hi- Louisville goes and hires like Brian Kelly, <laughs> just a real sanguine, mellow kind of cat yeah. like Brian Kelly. Good. Let's go get Super Petrino. Super, yeah. We'll go get the college version of Petrino. You want to do Missouri or South Carolina next? Oh, oh let's do South Carolina. We'll finish up Missouri because you know how much I'm going to say about. Missouri. I know. I know. All right. Um, Let, let's do let's do this. But there's already been my favorite thing with South Carolina. There's already been a boomlet. There was like a bunch of hype, like oh they're gonna be so good. And then like by March it was like settle down. They're not gonna be that good. The, this team just because, <laughs> which is amazing that like they've already had like the bubble, 
the burst of the South Carolina bubble, and now we're going to go through a good rebubbling. Uh, like, I'm picturing, like, warring factions. Like, you, you can look from above and see, like, the flags of each army moving back and forth across the state as <laughs> they gain and lose territory. <laughs> South Carolinians in war tend to lose territory, but, you know... Um, it's happened before. It's happened before, yeah. And if you look at South Carolina's schedule, by the way, you'll also see a familiar historical pattern here in terms of uh, how this is probably going to go. Because uh, you look at their opening salvo, and uh, they could probably do pretty well through this, right? NC State? NC State's a good team, yeah. right? Oh, this, this, listen, not because this is no shade against NC State, but because it's South Carolina playing in a neutral, on a neutral field to open the season. This 100% is a game that South Carolina could get outgained by 250 yards and still win by 10 points, and we'll all hate ourselves for watching it. I think that goes for every South Carolina game. Fair. That and that and this, I, I like that this is sort of a tradition, you know, that like NC State and South Carolina on the opening weekend of the season to play a 22-19 game filled with errors. <laughs> it's a, just two teams playing really shoddy football consistently. It's like it's like it's like what celebrity boxing actually is. You're like, oh man, <laughs> they're very fat. <laughs> so many weird gifts. <laughs> God, I don't want to watch. There's so many of these games I don't want to watch. So many. Like, what is South Carolina, Arkansas even going to be? Just leg wrestling? Sure, cool. let's do that. Okay, great. Then um, Arkansas is winning that. What's. Uh, just pick a number here. I, I mean. This isn't even Will Muschamp hatred anymore. I just this is not the year that I'm gonna have that much to feel about South Carolina. I don't think so. I just want to sort of move past it. Sorry. Well, South Carolina's 14 year old quarterback is now 15 <laughs> years old. So yep. things looking He's, up can, already. Returning a lot of starters. He can such he as can, they are. He can buy cigarettes and drive now. So <laughs> South Carolina. <laughs> He, um, at this point, he's legally required to own 10 guns. It's weird that um, buy cigarettes is in the South Carolina offensive playbook, but there it is. It is. <laughs> yeah. Can I tell you that as always, South Carolina, I, I admire this team for this, that they have outstanding names. Mm-hmm. Like they're always, they always have the best names in the SEC, period, right? Their quarterback's named Jake Central Casting. Their running back's named Rico Dowdle. That's why he's going to be the starter. His name's Rico. Man, their wide receivers are astonishing. I'm just, all of them. I'll read them in order. Debo Samuel. Randrakis Davis. Brian Edwards. Nah, not everyone's perfect. Or yeah, Trey yeah, Smith. Chavis Dawkins. Man, you don't get much like, that is like the most country name on the planet. Chavis Dawkins. And Terry Googer. Terry, there's no, no way Terry Googer does not become a state representative. Uh, there's an like. there's an Ulrich on this roster. Yeah, there's, there's a, a um, there's a Keel as a first name. Don't know that I've seen that before. Yeah, that's fun. There's are a, there any pharaohs? No, um, there are no. no captains. No captains or pharaohs. Both actual names on prior South Carolina rosters. Right. Mm-hmm. 
there's an Ulrich, there's a Sky. S-K-A-I, more. Right? Yeah. And you, you have, like, there are names that I can already hear, like, an announcer with a faint twang saying, like, Rashad Fenton on the deck. Dexter Weidman. Dexter Weidman, does he play defensive line? Yes, he does. Yeah. And, uh, and, and yeah. So, again, I, I don't know what that has to do with their quality. It's just, it's a thing that I've always loved about South Carolina, that when I play them, uh, when we play them, they have this. They have two things. South Carolina will always hurt you. They might not win, but you'll bleed. Always. You'll be like, man, these guys are... Hmm? Well, I was just thinking of a way to monetize this podcast. We could record audiobooks of the stuff that we read during the recording of the podcast. Like, <laughs> you pay us a dollar and we will read your team's roster. And you understand that you understand that the only way this makes money is if you do it in Wright Thompson voice. Well, yeah. we also have Brady Hope voice. <laughs> Alex Jones. You could do Alex Jones reading an entire roster. There we go. There we yeah. go. <laughs> did we did we, uh, oh, did we pick a did we pick a record for South Carolina by the way? We did not. I, I think this um, there are two teams that are the most difficult to pick in terms of where they're actually going to land in the SEC East. Vanderbilt is one. I have no idea what their final win total is going to be. South Carolina is the other. Uh, like there were so many games in this that could go either way. Like Jason, you were saying, oh, what's going to happen in the Arkansas game? Man, man, I that's that's this whole schedule for me. So you know what I'm going to do in the interest of being completely fair at uh, six and six <laughs> they're just boop, yeah. rolling it out there that's a six For and six South Carolina. yep so last year if i recall correctly i went six and six for south carolina and i was widely scorned and mocked and that indeed that indeed ended up being their correct record so i will double down and go six and six again also um, did we pick records for Vanderbilt? uh did we no, we didn't. We'll, we'll get back to that. South Carolina, my emotional goal for you. Um, just surprise me. Six and six feels right because it is inconsequential and will not require me to actually pay attention to most of your games. Please surprise me in one way or the other. Be much better than we think you're going to be or much worse. Either one's fine. I just would like to have reason to care about the Gamecocks more than I do, which is almost none. Uh, let's double back. Yeah, Spencer, give us a record for Vanderbilt, please. Uh, for Vanderbilt, we, I'm going uh, five and seven. Yeah, I think we did, and I think that's what you said. So now you've said it twice, so it's definitely true. So it's law. Say a football team's records twice, that's law. Uh, I'll edit all this out in post because I hate myself. Last No, you won't. Bucket. No, you won't. Let, I spent three hours editing the last podcast. I hate yeah, all don't, of don't, so don't, much. Yeah, don't do that again. Why would so you do that? So. Because somebody decided to record from California with three other people in the room and possibly not a microphone. There was a microphone in the computer. There was a microphone in the room. <laughs> it's California. Uh, yeah. Let's let's talk about Missouri. Um, can either of you with any confidence tell me the result of any Missouri game last year? Other nope. than uh, I'll take the Florida game out because you probably know Florida beat them. But no, I mean, I know, I know we beat them. I don't remember anything about the game. Yeah. Um, they probably lost to Arkansas. Uh, I believe, I think they actually won that game. Shit, off to a bad start. Um, yeah, that was one of those baffling, that was one of those baffling, like, 
Bielema equalizer games. Yeah, they they beat they beat Arkansas twenty eight twenty four. So this proves my point. Um, I'm just gonna get my re- my goal out of the way. Missouri play one game that I can look back and say I remember that happening because uh, there are none. I don't remember 2016 Missouri football, and that's probably fine. You were going through a coaching change. Just have one game that I can remember because I look at these scores, nothing. Nothing whatsoever. I mean, if I told you this, yeah, would you consider it even possible that between Drew Locke, Demaria Crockett, and Jamon Moore, Mizzou has a 3,000-yard passer, a 1,000-yard running back, and a 1,000-yard receiver? Yeah, because they went from the team that had all offense or all defense no offense to the opposite like while hiring a linebacker as head coach they had i think in in bill's numbers they had the biggest jump of anybody in the country on offense and the biggest fall of anybody in the country on defense yeah they lost i mean florida put up 40 middle tennessee put up 51 tennessee put up 63 they did not have a defense to speak of, so their offense does not mean a lot to me either. No, no. But, you know, it, they'll at least try, and, like, they won't be like the rest of the SEC East and that, you know, oh, let's just buckle it down and take a couple shots down the field. And so here's, here's what I like about Missouri more generally. Um, they only have two modes in the SEC. Over five years, they only do two things. They either win the division, which they've done twice, or they finish below 500 and don't go to a bowl game. That's it. There are no eight and four, nine and three years where you're like, oh, if only that game had gone the other way. No, it's all, we're all just doubling down, even though we've got 14. Don't know why. Maybe it's going to work out. Maybe we're just going to lose all our money. Yeah, I don't know. This is like, this feels like a really entertaining four and eight team. <laughs> that, Listen to what that, you just said. Yeah, what I'm? Are you not familiar with my philosophy of really entertaining teams that also happen to lose? Okay, I wanna I wanna tell you who they play out of conference because you said four and eight, Missouri State, Purdue, Idaho at UConn. So if they go four and eight, are you saying that they win all of those games and go over in conference, or are you saying that they lose one of those games? Either of those could happen. Are yes. You tell, are you telling me that they lose to Randy Edsel at UConn? I mean, we mm-hmm. we we have <laughs> with UConn at home. So God, God, are you telling me they lose to Purdue? Do you understand that we will we will you know we joke about Missouri's not in the SEC. If they lose to Purdue at home, Missouri's not in the SEC. No, and I agree, Brian Brom. That that team's gonna that team's gonna be good. Like I really think Purdue will be pretty entertaining, and and like, year? Uh, you know year seven, and um, they'll give him time. They gave Danny Hope like twelve years, so they've got to give Brian Brome at least seven. It's a long process, but I tell you what, Missouri probably not beating South Carolina, probably not beating Auburn, probably not beating Kentucky, probably not beating Georgia. So now I got to go what Florida in Gainesville. So now I'm looking at like the last three games to pull a win out versus Tennessee. Okay, they'll beat Tennessee. There. <laughs> <laughs> you got Tennessee at one and eleven now. Yeah, it's fine. 
totally fine. This is the year, by the way, that Butch Jones goes like 11 and 1. Now that I'm like, yeah, Steve's like 4 and 8. They're just absolute trash. Butch Jones is like, funny, we didn't have any returning starters of note, and here we are. 11 and 1. That'd be the most Butch Jones thing to take like a faceless team and be like, look, this lump won everything. I made a really <laughs> great lump. I started making a golem, but I got tired. I got tired and it won 11 games anyway because the SEC East is shit. <laughs> it All lost right, so, Alabama by 37 points. Yeah, so so let's have Mizzou improve to 5-7 and seven here. Okay. Can we do that? Right. We'll, we'll take it sure, to 5-7. Sure, this, this is your prediction. Uh, yeah. Jason? I like that. It, it feels like since they've joined the SEC, the prediction every year for them is 5-7. and seven. And half the time it's right, like Ryan said, half the time it's right, half the time they win the division. Um, <laughs> ah, shit, I'll go with five and seven, sure. Great. Guys, we ate all the potatoes. I feel so sick. I hate my life. Mm, starch coma. God, if Tennessee goes 11-1, and one, it's your fault. Yeah, it would be. 